Happy Sunday, everybody. How many of us had a great day yesterday? Wasn't that amazing? I know some of you had a great night. I saw you moving and shaking at Zumba. That was awesome. That was great. Uh, my daughter was up there doing her thing, and that was fun as well. And, and um, I just want to say it's the first time I've been up after Tim, but uh, Tim and Venture Church have a great reputation as a kingdom outpost in our area in the South Bay at San Jose. But Tim, thank you for a great teaching on Philippians. I cannot wait. It was actually better than the donut to sit and feast on Philippians too. And these donuts are pretty good, amen? Yeah, so it was great. Well, life is found in the questions of Jesus. We're looking for three times at three, just three of the 300 questions that Jesus posed in the Gospels. Uh, Yes, Jesus is the great answer man. He has the answer to life, to life's biggest issues. They are found in the person of Jesus, in his teachings. But Jesus was also the great questioner. And the fact that he asked questions gives us the freedom to do the same, frankly, as followers of God. Uh, The psalm is packed with questions. Jesus asked God the, the ultimate question on the cross, my God, my God, why are you forsaking me? He never sinned, so if he could bring questions to God, it gives me freedom as a follower of Christ to bring questions to God. We see through a glass dimly, and God wants us to be in intimate relationship with him. The pathway to that is dialogue, questions, and living in faith. But he asks questions of humans for a different way that we ask questions. Jesus asks questions, we ask questions for information. Jesus asks questions of humans for transformation. We saw that yesterday. Who do you say I am? He didn't ask it of the masses, he asked it of his followers. And every day we have to live with that question. Jesus, who will you be today? How will I live in light of who you are? Reveal yourself to me in a fresh new way so I can be a revelation of you to others. It is the need of the hour, my friends. He, we ask questions for answers. Jesus asks questions for awareness so that we can come to grips with what is reality. It's on us every day. It's on us on the first day of the week, like we're doing today on a Sunday, to orient ourselves to eternity so we live well. We're going to see that today. What do you think? By the way, Jesus asked that question seven times. Because even in his day, people were going so quickly, and they walked a lot slower than we did, that he would ask that question to pause and ponder and think. I love he invites us seven times. What do you think? Think. What do you think? So today we're going to pick up where we left off yesterday with the next question. If you have your Bibles, open them to Matthew chapter 16. I hope you have your field guide. Open it to page 7, and we're going to dive in. Let's pray and go before this great God who loves us. Father, thank you so much for Uh, your goodness. We blessed you this morning. Thank you that uh, we can spend the weekend uh, in a healthy rhythm in life, in community, in your word, 
waking and blessing you. Thank you for creating this space, Mount Hermon. Uh, I've said this many times. I believe it is the answer to your prayer, Jesus, that your kingdom comes, that your will is done on earth as it is in heaven. For 115 years, that has been answered here on this plot of land. And we, we step into history today in light of eternity and ask that you would be glorified. Jesus, that as we dig into Matthew 16 again, you would emerge from the text in 3D through your Holy Spirit that you would use the word of God to do the work of God. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. What do you think are the two most important days of your life? I read in my devotional on Tuesday, the two most important days are the day you were born and then the day you figure out why you were born, why God put you on the planet. I have these daily declarations I go through uh, on the daily to renew my mind, and one of them it talks about what I believe are the two most important days of our lives. God, help me to live today in light of that day so that on that day I can look back on today and not have regrets. So I would say to you, and you can argue with me and you may win, but the two most important days of your life are today, and if COVID taught us anything, it's we have no guarantees of tomorrow, right? Today is the day of salvation, scripture talks about. Jesus taught us to pray, give me today my daily bread. Jesus said, why do you worry about tomorrow? Tomorrow has enough cares of themselves. Focus on today, today, today. We have no guarantees, so live well today. Today is an important day. And then that day, there's gonna be a day when you face Jesus, that day and then enter into, into eternity. How will, you will, how will you have wanted to live today in light of that day? I have that represented by two stools, and this is the tension of the Christian life, my friends. This is the tension of what it means to follow Jesus. This stool, uh, those of you in the back can't really see it, but there it is, uh, represents today. This is where we are. And we can become very myopic. We can be focused on today. You know, am I the only one that has worry and a uh, level of anxiety about all the pressure facing me today? Uh, five daughter dad, enough said, right? And, and uh, with all my girls, it's actually, no one told me it'd be harder to parent adult children. That's probably an oxymoron. It should be, but it's not. Adult children uh, than, than when they were toddlers. I have way more worries for my adult daughters, and they're doing great. I love my adult daughters, they are, they are wonderful people, but I have way more worries than when they were little kids. It was easy to change a diaper or to get up in the middle of the night compared to what we face today. Career, uh, aging, all the other things that come in life today, right? Uh, Paul David Tripp uh, has a great term, he's an author, uh, he calls it eternity amnesia. We could be so focused on today, we forget we're gonna live forever. As opposed to that day, that day that we are gonna face God. Second Corinthians, if you're taking notes, 5.10, says we will all appear before a judgment seat of God. Not a judgment for condemnation, but a judgment for rewards. Jesus will talk about that in our passage today. In other words, there's gonna be a day if you're a follower of Christ, if you identify it as a follower of Christ, you will face God 
and he will say to you, not in any condemning way, what did you do with what I entrusted to you? And give you rewards based on that in eternity. And that's a whole other topic. And if you have questions about that, ask Tim. He'll answer all your questions. But a lot of times I ask before I leave and get on with my day, God, give me, through your Holy Spirit, the perspective of that day. Because on that day, I don't want to live with regrets for what I did two days. Am I making sense to anybody? I was talking uh, with a good friend of mine, a mentor in my life when I was in a student with uh, Campus Crusade for Christ. And this man invested in me and laid a foundation uh, at 60-something, he has pancreatic cancer and only has days to live. And we were talking on Friday before I drove up here. And uh, just, I was just thanking him for the investment he made in my life. He had no idea when I was 20 years old, as he was teaching me God's word, what God would do uh, in my life and how that foundation, I literally said, Greg, I am standing on your shoulders. I am so grateful for you. And and he said, you know, he was a fisherman. He said, I, I, I just regret we never went fly fishing together. And I said, according to my eschatology, Greg, and I went to this that day, I said, according to my eschatology, Jesus is going to renew the earth. The coming kingdom is a new earth. I'm like, we'll fly fish, we'll fly fish in eternity. It'll be glorious. See, that's why Peter could say, set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. We were never intended to set our hope fully on today. As a matter of fact, John 16, Jesus said, in this world, today you'll have troubles. You'll have affliction, literally affliction. But take heart, I've overcome the world. We could all talk about the heartache that we've experienced in this life. But we were never created to put our hope in this life. We were created to live in this life with our hope in the other. So the two greatest days of your life are today and that day. I've got to lay that foundation because we're going to come back to it again and again and again. I read a marriage book. I try to read a couple a year. I need to work hard uh, at marriage. My wife married a knucklehead. And um, this is a discipleship book by, written by Francis Chan, disguised as a marriage book. I've got to warn you, it is a wolf in sheep's clothing. If you think you're getting a marriage book, no, you're getting a discipleship book. Uh, in Francis Chan way, he'll convict you. In the introduction, he says this. Now think about today, that day. He said, even now I'm working to make sure that my family is set up for the future. When most people make that statement, they're talking about the financial security for their last few years on earth. And the Bible talks a lot about that. There's nothing bad about that. Chan goes on to say, when I say it, I'm referring to the millions of years that come after that. People accuse me of going overboard in preparing for my first 10 million years in eternity. In my opinion, people go overboard worrying about their last 10 years on earth. Today, that day. Today, that day. See, we can be so consumed with today, we lose sight of that. Day. And all 300 questions of Jesus were intended to prepare us for that day. 
And the unintended benefit is living abundantly today. Outliving our neighbors, our colleagues who don't know Christ today. So important, my friends. All this leads, this life of eternal significance to Matthew 16 and to the question that Jesus asked. And I need to build the context and walk us into that, and then we'll get to the question. The context uh, on page eight is Peter's misunderstanding. Peter's misunderstanding. He was focused on the wrong day. And uh, again, remember where we came from, Caesarea Philippi. He just asked, who do you say I am? Uh, Peter was at the height Jesus gave Peter an amazing compliment and said, I'll actually build my church on what you said. We talked about that yesterday. But then Peter goes right to the depth within about two minutes, from the height to the depth. Let's look at it. Verse 21. From that time on, we read this yesterday, Jesus began to teach and explain to his disciples, he must, circle that word, it's going to come up three times in our reading, he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, the teachers of the law. And he must be killed. And on the third day, raised to life. He never told them that before. They never had this concept of this type of Messiah. Peter took him aside <laughs> and began to rebuke him. And the text in the original language says it wasn't just a one-time shot. He, he began. It, it was a continual, like, wait a second. And he said, never, Lord. This shall never happen to you. See, he's focused on the wrong stool, if you will, the wrong day. Something about that caused him to think, no way, no way. 23, Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Oh, he changed his name again. You're a stumbling block. Literally, you are a scandalon. Uh, in Jesus' day, that Greek word, it's a word we get scandal from, scandalous. Uh, it was a trap for animals. It was a trap that was set in the first century to uh, capture and kill an animal. And Jesus is saying to Peter, you're trying to trap me. You're a scandal to me. You're a stumbling block to me. You don't have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. You're all about the wrong day. You're thinking about yourself. You're thinking about your security. I can't live that way. That is not the path to human flourishing, Peter. It's interesting that nowhere, anywhere, in all the accounts of Jesus' life does he ever say anything, have I been emphatic enough, anything this forceful or terrible to anybody. He didn't give this kind of rebuke to the Pharisees, the teachers of the law. He certainly didn't give it to the sinners and tax collectors and prostitutes. I mean, try this on your friends. How many of you are married and never had conflict? Has anyone never had had conflict with your spouse? Yeah, try that. My wife, we, we have conflict. She has never called me Satan. <laughs> try that one in your next business meeting when you have conflict with a colleague or, a, you know, Satan. <laughs> that won't work, right? This is huge, everybody. This is huge. Now, he's not, he, he's calling out the satanic in Peter, 
he's calling out the true source of where this came from, okay? He's not demeaning Peter. He's calling out where, where it's coming from. So what, what's going on here? Uh, from that time on in verse 21 is really important. Uh, you, you remember uh, when uh, Matthew chapter 3, the baptism, uh, the heaven opens and 